Drake said, uh, you can't address me if you don't own property. How can you address me if you don't own property? It's called email. Uh, trust me. You could own a shitload of fucking emails and own absolutely fucking nothing. Take it from any uh, spam artist uh, or anyone trying to protect certain accounts. Welcome to episode 143. Well, let's hope it's not connected to your Google accounts. Give it a goog. Uh, welcome to episode 143 of the Off and Be podcast. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, comment, follow, subscribe. Hit the notification bell, but most importantly, wow, my face is really zoomed in on the camera. Can't change it now. Bitch already started. Suck some titties. And with my signature background of my Pixar lamp that I never fucking use. Um, but I feel used. Uh, and this uh, pod is already going downhill like Church Hill. All right. <clears throat> quick uh, quips of Gnosis. Big album dropped yesterday, recording this at 2.43 a.m., May 7th, 2022. Uh, Jack Harlow's Come Home, The Kids Miss You. I think that's the name of the album. You know, he's already had singles of First Class, uh, uh, Nell Tech, and I believe another one where, you know, they were already singles. It's a 15-song album. I've been getting to Jack Harlow a lot lately, becoming a pretty big part of my, you know, catalog. And so I was hyped for this. Like, I was anticipating this kind of like a Drake album or like any time like a Drake or Kendrick J. Cole drops, like you're just on, you're just, when it's midnight, you're like, come on, Spotify update, 1201, come on, Spotify update, when reality is crashing. But I wasn't able to listen until like five hours after it came out anyway, since your boy was getting them checks, even if uh, no one was checking on him. Um, so, I was excited. I was anticipating it. I was expecting a more, uh, not mature version, because I feel like he's actually pretty mature in advance for his age, typically. But I, w- I was definitely expecting like a maturation like dude like the album cover the anticipation he's got hit singles the song titles were all fire he's got features from pharrell justin timberlake drake and uh low wayne and i was like holy fuck this shit is gonna be next level and it was cool um there's a lot of cool couple minute songs like there's my here i'll just say my favorite i felt like the dua lipa one is one that should be really fire it's cool but it's not really fire right there's a lot of just cool casual listening songs my secret that one's pretty nice side piece i feel like it's a great concept and i like how he kind of does the back and forth in the song of making a side piece the attention of a main one and the main one just kind of gets the attention of a side one and it's kind of like this dilemma type of thing it's actually kind of a cool idea but it was like oh cool um plus a little beautiful sample um it was just fine like of course everyone's going to talk about the drake feature because drake had Drake did his thing. Anytime he says yeah, and he's the feature on a song, it's over. Like, that whole song was set up for Drake. Drake's like, hey, I'm going to do a collab with you. Jack's like, great, I got instrumentals. He's like, no, here's my verse. Here's the instrumental. Now you got to now you gotta uh, be ready. <laughs> um and I feel like that's a. I feel like Jack's verse on the song Churchill Downs is really good. Um, Drake's though overtook it 
Like the whole time Jack is like, okay, I see what he's doing. The instrumental is more designed. An instrumental like that is more designed to just get your shit off. You could kind of, it's not about being the most preciseness on your flow. You kind of capture and grab your flow as you go type of thing. And I think it really keeps it open ended. And you know, when you hear the instrumental, you're like, people are going to speak their shit. I felt like Jack did his thing and Drake really did his thing and reminded everyone that when it comes to this wordplay, when it comes with this scheming, when it comes with this connecting shit, he's the best at it right now. All right. Like he there. The thing is, is if you if you break down all of Drake's features where he just feels free the vent. On like seeing green, BB King, um, fucking wasting time with Brent Fires, where he just gets to say his shit and not have to worry about you know a sequence of an album. Because when he features, when a features on a song, they're like, okay, I get to just be free, and it helps everyone because it's gonna get more plays for Jack and all that shit. It's cool. But from the whole album, it seemed like a good portion of uh, a couple, like there were, there's like three or four two minute songs and they're just kind of forgettable in some of them. And some of them are all right. Um, the, the titles, the thing is when I saw Parent Trap featuring Justin Timberlake, I'm like, holy fuck, this is going to be some legendary shit. And it's just Justin Timberlake repeating a like couple line chorus and it's like, oh, and the concept of the song is like, okay, this is kind of, eh. The Pharrell one, it's more of just the idea of the movie star. And Pharrell's just kind of there just to say Pharrell is in the song. I'm pretty sure Pharrell's more uh, hand in the song is more in the production instrumental, which is fine. And then the Lil Wayne one, it was like so weird to listen to. The auto, The auto tune was kind of weird. There wasn't a whole, there There was a couple, you know, I can't, I only listened to the song twice, but it was just like, okay, this is kind of, eh, meh. The opening one is uh, Talk of the City, and it's just like a minute 20 of him like kind of doing like an open speaking kind of thing with the instrumental, which I always kind of find cool, but like when Drake did Champagne Poetry, to open the album, it was like five or six minutes of him just fucking shit. It's just like a minute opener. Typically, openers albums are typically like six minute opener, get you in the mood, or just like a minute, like here's a little blip, and then we're gonna start this shit. And I was just kind of like, okay, it was a nice. Then it gets the Young Harleazy, kind of cool name, and it was a decent song. And it, that's the kind of thing it's. It's just a lot of decency. And I feel like, personally, I was going into this expecting like a, this is going to really start setting the standard of what people think of Jack. Because I think Jack's one of the coolest rappers we have type thing going right now. And he's projected to 180,000. First week in units or whatever. He's probably going to do more than that. Just for the anticipation. Um, And. I think. If I had to give one like open. Like and I'm one of the biggest fans. Like I think. uh, I think I was expecting like. He obviously is a heavy Drake influence. And Drake has. Drake has a. Very particular. Like kind of back and forth of toxic but introspective and he has songs that are just very um kind of just the side piece type of girl type of shit right like Marvin's room like oh fuck that you know and it seemed like and it's his life so there ain't nothing wrong with it but it seemed like there's a combination of Jack that just seemed like he's trying to be the coolest guy in the room. Which honestly he probably is a lot of times. He does have a cool demeanor and all that good shit. I'm not going to say talk about another man's demeanor. That's kind of weird. But it seemed like the whole album he's just trying to remind everyone that hey. 
hey, a lot of bitches because I'm a cool guy. It's like, yeah, well, we know. And But I was expecting him to go in. Like, when Drake, though, when Drake has those songs, like, from time, the first thing I think of where it's just a kind of piano, deep, heavy bass instrumental where he just goes in and you're like, holy fuck, this is some real connecting emotional shit. And obviously, Drake has a lot more emotional, as he mentions in Churchill Downs, where he's talking about, hey, uh... Yeah, I still have abandonment issues. No matter how much fucking money I have, when I go to the dentist, when I go to the doctors, and I read Forbes magazines, looking at how fucking rich I am, and, oh no, when he's at the therapist, I'm going to a therapist's office while reading how much fucking money I have because I have abandonment issues. Because I have daddy issues and all that shit. Which probably thrived a lot of his emotional connection and what makes Drake Drake, honestly. He has profited off a lot of his... You know, trauma, as he mentioned, triggering, or he's he's profited a lot of a lot of his pain. And Jack, you know, he comes from a very standard two parent home type of thing. He's talked about in interviews and shit. So his problems are more like, man, I got the side piece of love. I got this main piece of love. Like he doesn't have those quote unquote problems yet, other than just like fame and shit. And I think, and. I guess I was just kind of hoping for something like, holy fuck, there's like this real, a way to connect beyond just like the cool couple minute tracks or catchy songs that are just for TikTok and Instagram where you catch lines here, catch here. And I, I don't know, I was just expecting like that one, like, holy fuck, like this shit, like, whoa, like that was something different. I think we got a lot of, I, th- I think that there is a lot of growth, like, musically, instrumentally. Like, I feel like he tried a lot of different courses. He tried a little different voice stuff that actually I found decent. And I think the album is pretty decent. Um, I, I I think there's going to be some, like, I like, there's a couple, like, short songs I like. And obviously the feature with Drake. Um, and, there's like, the middle of the album is pretty good. The top third and then, like, you get to the bottom half, and you're just kind of, like, I don't want to say trying to get through it, but you're just trying to understand the sequence of the album. You're just trying to catch lines that grab your attention. And I was expecting, when I saw the song State Fair, the end of the album, I was thinking, like, okay, this is going to be, if he's trying to do the Drake formula, I'm expecting this to be, like, a fucking, uh, the, oh shit, I'm trying to think of. Like a tus- like a Tuscan leather, right? Or no, not Tuscan leather, but like a pound cake type of shit, or like a uh, certified lover or remorse. Even though I don't think that's one of Drake's best is outro in albums, but it's a similar type of formula where you just say your shit to leave people hanging, and like you just keep getting your bars off. I was expecting kind of like a uh, thank me now. You can thank me now. I was thinking more of a uh, the outro and take care of the ride. Where it's like ah, with the weekend, where you just it's just about getting your shit off the bars five plus minutes, and it was just, it, it kind of seemed like a weak outro personally, right? The intro and outro were a little disappointing for me. Um, but as an album, I feel like it's the best. Obviously, it says most like produced full. With all the connections, he's got the certificate of approval from big artists featuring. And but when you see the featured cast, you're like, holy fuck. And if it's going to be, and typically the rule is if it's like five or less features on a 15 song album type of thing, like the less features you have typically means like, holy fuck, this is going to be some real shit. And he's got the top of the top type of features. And then. Other than Drake, the features were just kind of there, but they didn't stand out, which I feel like there's this weird thing when people, there's a weird thing when people collab on a song, whether they're the main artist or the feature on a song, where there's this thing where one person's got to bog down their verse to let the other person shine. And I think there's songs where like Drake has done that, where not often, but where 
he's featured on songs, but the goal is to let the other person shine. And I felt like the last feature song they did with the cool Game of Thrones music video, it was kind of like that. That song, by the way, used to the used to this or whatever, the song on Future's album. I watched the video with a friend, and I'm like, this, this song, it, this video, this Game of Thrones doesn't have fucking anything to do with it. But kind of like way too sexy. They literally just made. They're just like, look, we have this great idea for a music video that's going to be cool, funny. We're going to have Drake, you know, in a medieval times doing jousting. And that's always a fun sight to see Drake on a fucking horse because it's the most out of place thing ever. How many Canadians have you ever seen on a fucking horse? Uh, But, and I. I'm watching, I'm like, I don't even know what the song's about because I'm more distracted by what the fuck is happening. And I'm like, this song kind of like way too sexy. They're going to make this grand music video that kind of overcompensate for how kind of incompetent or not as meh the so- as the song is. And I don't know, I, I guess... Um, you know, I felt that was a situation where Drake's like, I could do a better verse, but he's like, eh. I'm not going to put my best on this one. And I feel like on songs that he's had other artists that he knows is like lesser than at the time that everyone's going to come to see him. But if they're on the track, they're going to listen and be like, holy shit, this guy's good. Like with Block Boy, you can go one of two ways. You got Block Boy. Uh, I think it's JB Block Boy on Look Alive. And that song's a banger. He did his thing, but then after that, it's kind of like, all right, you have your rise. It's kind of like going on Joe Rogan's podcast. And if you don't take advantage and then people look at your shit and they're like, eh, it's not really that interesting. Once you get that bump, everything kind of comes down to a means if you don't actually have the stuff. Where like Lil Baby, Lil Baby was already big, but then you did Wants and Needs and we're like, holy fuck. Like, people are like, holy fuck. Then... His stardom on that once and needs verse just went out of this fucking world. And I, I don't know. I was just a little. I only want to use the word disappointed. But when I'm listening to the car, I'm like waiting for like that one song to be like, holy shit. Other than Nell Tech, which is pretty damn good. But that's already been out. Anytime singles are out of an album, and then the album comes out, like, I typically skip those songs, because I've already listened to it, but like, 28 times, first class in Nail Tech, I've already listened to it 28 times, so I skipped those, and it just kind of, overall, the album, if I had to give a quick rating, man, I would say like a 6.8, and honestly, a good portion of that good rating is just because I like Jack. I have a bias. I, I, I've been on a binge of his music. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I've been getting into a lot of his shit past year or so. And it seemed there was a lot of... For, there's going to be a lot of just interchangeable, forgettable songs that a couple just kind of have a similar concept or they all kind of sound the same in some type of way or not. But I still think he's a really good lyricist, obviously. Um... I think his next album, if I had to guess, I think it's going to be, it may not be as popular off the jump, but I think his next album is going to be a lot better. Um, But I'm a big Jack fan, and uh, as he says in his song, you don't know Jack, man. There's a lot of those punchlines also in this album, where he just, where he says the same word, but different meaning or if you have to separate hyphenate it but he says in a way where you know it makes it sound cooler you know no wrong with that but yeah um oh also in news shocking literally the same night as this album was coming out i didn't think it was real when kevin samuels was reported by youtubers and the uh gossip what sites say he is he's dead and at first you know when you hear these saying i'm waiting for like kevin sam be like doing a live video like hey i'm not dead and uh i don't care if you're a millionaire woman you don't deserve a high value man like you know i was waiting for a video like that 
And then when it was kind of confirmed by like Revolt, which is pretty well known, you know, uh, what is it, a company like a complex, kind of like a news organization. But I'll tell you what fascinated me most, right? And I, I think I've talked about a recent episode where I talked about how uh, people, I, I don't necessarily believe that people in death uh, have to, if they're bad people, they don't, they should be, we, we like, we have to tiptoe around things and be like, you know what, we're going, you know, we're just going to uh, respect everything and all that and, you know, respect the dead and all this shit because, you know, if someone does really bad shit when they die, I, I don't feel need to feel sympathy for a lot of things. Uh, but Kevin Samuels is not an example of someone who's a bad person. And to see how when he died... Because I was trying to confirm this. So I went on Google. I type in Kevin Samuels dead. And it was already recommended like, oh shit, this thing's a real thing. And literally, I'm not even exaggerating... Literally, the second link, the first link was like some sponsored thing like, oh, from this tabloid, has Kevin Samuels died? And then it was a legit link, like if you were researching something from a website, and I forgot the link, but it was a credible website, quote unquote, and it was a legit news, like WSL, some bullshit, and the first headline was controversial and misogynist there's a misogynist youtuber kevin samuel who has and when description before she before they even mentioned that he died controversial misogynist he a person who essentially hates women and all this shit has died and i was like oh that's the way you're going to report this? Like Kevin Samuels, you could say, let's say you believe he's a misogynist or was a misogynist, I should say. When is being a quote unquote misogynist ever warranted the type of hatred that I saw uh, as I continue? So as I'm going through. Google, as you know, when you go on Google, when things are trending, you can see Twitter. Even if you don't have Twitter, because I don't have Twitter. But you can literally, they have like a little thing. You can see popular Twitter posts. And I'm not even exaggerating. The first like four or five things that were being promoted of Kevin Samuels were the most, uh, were the most, uh, I couldn't believe that this would they be promoting. It was the worst of, you know what? I know we're, it was literally, uh, I know we're not supposed to celebrate people's deaths, but you know what? Anyone who's a misogynist and they just start listing a bunch of bullshit misnomers of someone who's never actually really listened to what the lessons he's trying to teach in between the lines and this was a dude, by the way, who this specific post was saying, uh, woman, so it's like, actually, what, if you really got anything from all the teachings he's saying, that he's saying a lot of men aren't worthy enough to demand the shit they're demanding. That's more of what he's saying. And there's a lot of young men, not me particularly, but because I, I wasn't an avid listener, I disagree with some shit, but. You'd be naive to say there's not a young there's not young men out there who went out and bought a suit or were more mindful of their parents or more mindful of not focusing your time on things that aren't giving you the worthy attention back. And and this and the stuff he's teaching is like a lot because he used to be an image consultant. So of course, the way he views the world is because he worked with companies where image was everything is that you are wanting this and this but when a woman sees you here's the image they're seeing this the whole teaching was about image 
And I'm not a, uh, and anyone knows me, I'm not about image per se. I'm not an image guy. But you're naive to act like it doesn't matter to different extents. When you smell, when you don't, when you don't take care of yourself, like health-wise, you don't clean up, you don't wash up, you don't do simple things, you don't have your shit in order, you don't have, you know, your finances in a decent place to live kind of freely or to be able to do shit. How are you going to expect X, Y, and Z? And I think a lot of dudes took that as like a personal of they ain't shit. It's like he's not saying you ain't shit. Well, kind of in the moment. He's saying you can be better than what you are. But dudes that don't want to listen to that, they only want to hear, all they want to hear is, you know, uh, I've been given, you know, I've just been given a raw deal. I've been given this. It's just nothing but fucking excuses. And I think any decent, I think, I think the things you could tell about due to have, and I can speak like I'm a guy. I don't give a fuck what people say. You can tell people who have had good figures, father figures in life, and you can tell the ones who don't. Because you can tell by the ones who were taught that, hey, you can bitch. You have the shittiest attitude all you want. It's not going to change a goddamn thing. You do something about it or shut the fuck up and stop bitching about it. That's a lot of teachings that... Typically, you have to hear growing up over and over again and experience failure firsthand to realize like, hey, get over it. And the stuff he's trying to teach is get the fuck over for why you suck and do something about it in the simplest of levels and prove yourself as a man and prove yourself as a guy. Be more presentable. If you don't like the way if you don't like the way people look at you or people talk to you or people don't approach you shit, do something about it. Be approachable. Have something that's worth approaching. And a lot of dudes, and I think, you know, with these tweets that I was reading were exposed, and it was a lot of the same shit. And, of course, there was a portion of women talking about Good riddance, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're literally, just because some guy, let's just say he did believe that women were less than all this shit, like, in, in the general sense, that men were superior and all this stuff. You know, technically, women do pursue superior men in different areas for specific reasons that are biological. And there's nothing wrong with that, and that's the way it should be. But his teachings were more about... How are you going to raise, how are you going to sit here wanting to be a husband and have children, but you can't teach your kid nothing? There's nothing of value you could teach your son or your daughter. And you want to sit here and demand something. It's like, no, if you're going to demand some shit, you need to be something that has something worth demanding. And it's more than just having things. And unfortunately, he was a father figure for a lot of young men who didn't really have it. And even if he did, maybe in certain areas, there was things that you just kind of lack as an individual that you needed a refresher or reminder type of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when I was reading the dudes, when I was reading these dudes tweet about all this shit, it's like I could just tell the type of person they were. I could just tell that these were guys who had no figure and they just wanted to be told that things are just going to happen for them. And you could tell by the you could tell by the way they're criticizing. Like you're criticizing a man's death because he told you essentially you need to get better. You need the upgrade. You need to elevate yourself. In all facets, elevate your way of thinking, elevate your knowledge, elevate your appearance, elevate everything about yourself. If you want all these things that you feel you deserve, but no, people just want everything and live in this fantasy world that, you know what, all that should matter is just me and who I am. It's like, no, unfortunately, 
your your personality, your love, your unconditional love, and as all bum ass dudes say, it's just my unconditional love. It's like, yeah, you know what? That's great and all. Unconditional love uh, doesn't, you know, pay for diapers. Unconditional love doesn't create comfort or a great environment to actually do productive shit in or to provide a living. Your unconditional love only goes so far. Now, without it, bad shit can happen. But unfortunately, I think what people need to understand as men is that who you are, un- at, like unconditional love is just not... There is some just things you have to be able to do and offer. And it's not even about money. It, like what what trade, what skill do you have if your wife's car breaks down in the driveway, she can't get to work. What's your solution? Are you a solution maker? Or are you a problem continuer? I think he just really, he made men uncomfortable with the fact that sometimes you just suck. And I think he exposed it in the blandest ways. But all everyone saw was the videos of him scorning women and delusional woman that he would have on the show and I've been critical of that type of format it's like of course you're on on people's own platform but kind of like fresh and fit and I've been critical of them too it's more about how you tell how they act different in their own environment they have this gravitas at the bravado they have balls and they have this I will keep like I'm gonna talk only I talk I'm gonna interrupt you but you can't interrupt me it's this kind of bullshit paradigm they actually don't know how to really talk to people. When if you listen to any good podcaster and type of shit, you you let people speak, and then when it gets to a certain point, then you do. But you gotta let people speak, and not just a second and counteract something you disagree with. Like I don't know the biggest podcast in the world, Joe Rogan. Um, so you could say like, okay, he set an environment that only brought delusional woman who would say wild shit and try to justify delusion it's like you can make the argument like yeah of course that's a very one-sided that's a very that's a very uh delusional format that attracts the worst in people so you can spread a message that may not necessarily speak for everyone but you're gonna poke on the few people that really the few women that speak this delusion and double down on how that is our whole society but at the same time, you guys aren't going to watch videos of a reasonable woman sitting there and being like, you know, I just uh, I just want a good man to come home. Like, no, no one cares to see that shit. We want to see the delusion. And so it is a combination of entertainment, but there's a lot of truth in it. Because when he was doing videos about shitting on men, about you suck, you you can't do nothing. You have a small dick. Do you, I remember that one video? He's like, "Do you, he's asked the guy straight because the guy's calling to him, asking for advice. Something. He's like, "Sir, do you have a big dick?" He's like, "What?" He's like, "It's a simple question. Do you have a big dick?" And the dude's like, "Well, you know, I, you know, I've never gotten complaints about it." He's like, "I didn't ask if you got complaints. I asked, do you have a big dick?" And it's the funniest thing in the simplest of levels that means like nothing. And the dude's like, yeah, you know, he's like, because you know, if he had a big dick, you wouldn't have hesitated. So since you don't have a big dick, this is, you know, you can, you got to do things a little different. And it's dumb and it's kind of, you know, tit for tat jabbing, but at the same time, I mean... There's a lot of there's a lot of truth in this simple fact that if you have to hesitate about something that you not sure if you have of it or not, then that speaks a quality about you that's beyond just the dumb shit that was pointed well not dumb shit, but the thing that's pointed out directly. Well, don't pull it out. Um But I found it interesting that during his death the same people that would be talking about how everyone that dies needs to rest and, you know, rest. 
you know, rest in peace, and we need the respect and condolences to family, but then when Kevin Samuels dies, a lot of those rules don't apply. It was a lot of comfort in criticizing a guy for just having views. Never actually did anything bad to a woman. Not someone who actually who actually tried to better men so women would get better men. And try to, you know, the d- delusional woman out there. And bring under try to make delusional woman understand that, hey, the guy that you want, based off your image and what you believe, would not want to be with you. And he brought that. He brought, like, there were people out there saying shit, but he did in such a format that actually resonated and had a gradual growth. And he did all that. And the thing that people take away, the people that would just want to focus on specific talking points that aren't necessarily 100% true, is that he's a misogynist. Misogynists believe that, you, you want to know what a real misogynist is? A misogynist believes that men are superior no matter fucking what. This dude, Lily... Shit on men who believe that just because they were men, they deserved a decent woman. Because when you really think about a guy that thinks that just because he possesses a few qualities that he deems is, oh, this is what women want, or this is what the world, like, I'm a good person on this, you know, generic terms that don't actually qualify anything. I have this, I have that, why doesn't, you know... Uh, because a girl chooses someone else, uh, they're the problem. And it was like, really? You really think you're that's ty- You really think you're that type of shit? You really think you got it like that? And it's that refresher. Be like, you ain't shit. And he points out eight reasons why you ain't shit. If you want a reality strike, you know what? You know what? Kids of good fathers, like, hey, we we were. Uh, Kids of good fathers are humbled all the time. Anytime you get on your high horse. Anytime you think like, yeah, I'm a man in the house. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Hmm. And the problem is when people go on society and think just because they exist as a man on this earth that they are owed something. They are owed a decent woman. They are owed... Like, you could do, quote, unquote, all the right things, and you may never find someone. That's the reality. You may do all the wrong things and find the perfect person. There's no real set equation to what makes someone attractive to someone. But there are consistent things that people... I Saying things, you know, it's easier to quantify. It's easier to break down... Why someone is not attracted to you, then why someone is attracted to you. And I think he basically would just tell us men, and men in general, why women aren't attracted to you. And why they don't look at you in a certain light. That you think they should, just because you may have a decent job, because you dress well, or because you put hair gel in your fucking hair. He's like, you could do all this appearance shit. And as much as he was about the image, you could do all this image shit. But then you act emotional. Then you act this. And then you and then you believe that just because you do the things, you're expected something. And the reality is you're not. Kevin Sandler was ironically the people that are praising and celebrating his death which is a weird thing like sure he may have been a controversial figure but there's a lot of fucking more controversial and there's a lot more i would say he's more of a he's more of a i don't even think controversial should really be the right term but that's the term these people are using i think he's more of a um shaking shaking the field type of thing he's a He's more of a earthquake. Like, he is really, when you think, like, there was a manosphere before him, but he really established credibility in the manosphere. When you really break down. He was like the godfather of the manosphere. 
One, he had more... Like, we talk... People talk about fresh and fit so fucking much. Kevin Samuels has twice... Or, I did. It's still crazy to think that he died. I think he died of cardiac... Or, like, the story behind it I heard, I'm not even going to report. It's a weird thing about a nurse was with him. But, I don't know. That stuff hasn't been confirmed, so I'm not even going to speculate. It's kind of weird. But... He was a godfather of the manosphere. And I have friends that listen and watch hours and hours of the manosphere. Not really me, because, you know, I'm a pretty well put together guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's really the combination of what really... Because his was a he's a one man show. He's not someone that relies on theatrics. It doesn't rely on sound effects. His show was just simply an hour or two at a desk with that weird fucking spiraling thing or whatever. Tame phone calls, one camera shot, and just him talking to the camera, but to the person as well. It was just a simple, intimate. There's no need for loud. There wasn't eight girls at a fucking round table. There wasn't a wasn't a clip reliant show. It was just a guy who could just speak on shit. And whether you believe it or not, was pretty consistent. And um yeah. I don't know, it's just I did not expect to talk forty minutes about that. Well, twenty. It was just wild, the Twitter shit I saw. I would pull it up right now, but, you know, hooked up to my laptop and stuff. You know, actually, hold on, I'm a, as, as I'm, I don't know. But yeah, like, you just look up the, it wasn't like rest in peace, it wasn't just, The focus was he's misogynist. So because I'm a misogynist, quote unquote, which he's not. It's funny if you just call people on their bullshit, you're misogynist. That would be the equivalent of people saying what Jada did. Jada Pinkett. If people said stuff that Jada Pinkett did. Or Black China or Amber Heard. If you criticize any of them for any of the absurdity then you would be misogynist for just pointing out really shitty behavior. Bike China literally, like, rattled a gun around. Now, look, you know Rob Kardashian could have been saved by Kevin Samuels. By Kevin Samuels. But no, you know why? Because he's raised around seven fucking women his whole life. And I know that sounds bad. I don't really mean, like, seven fucking, like, one, but... Look at the Jenners slash the Kardashians, whatever the fuck, and imagine a brother, a young man growing up in that environment and coming out of that normal. No, look, Courtney dated the Scott Disicks, Lord Disick. The dude has a narcissistic name, and I have no clue what the fuck Lord Disick has ever fucking done outside of fucking Courtney. Now she's with like Travis Barker, Machine Gun Kelly's bro, and Jesus Christ. <sighs> and no wonder why he's sitting here getting bullied by Black China. And Black China knew exactly what she was doing. There's no way in a real life, she in a real situation, she would be attracted to Rob Kardashian. But if we're gonna be honest about, it, I know this sounds shitty, but. If he would have had a session with Kevin Samuels, Kevin Samuels would be like, you know, this this girl wants nothing to do with you. Absolutely none. Anyone with half an eyeball could fucking see that. This whole thing of her in this court case could have been prevented if he didn't get this bitch pregnant. And I don't like using the term bitches, but considering all the shit that she did to him after they had kids, the abuse and all this shit, which honestly... I don't know when also wants to hear this. He allowed a good portion of it to even get to that point. 
like a whole good portion was at a certain point as a guy when it comes to that type of abuse and I'll even say this for Johnny Depp at a certain point you allowed it to get to a certain point because you stayed in a situation live with someone when they showed all these qualities over and over and of course it got to a point where they're joking about shooting you in the fucking face with a gun and saying I was kidding it's like well that doesn't help you in court when you're trying to win a hundred million dollars now does it um how are you gonna sue someone because like I didn't get my season two picked up on a show that no one fucking watched it's like yeah why would if it's going through them you almost point a gun at their face. You cheated on their son and brother. Embarrassed him publicly. Possibly, you know, he was already having weight issues, but you certainly didn't fucking help it. You brought a kid in this world with him. You think that's going to help his weight issues? And then there's a story. This is a weird story, which I don't believe, where it's like, hey, you know, she actually... uh let him like he actually got surgery 50 pounds and that 50 pound they added to her so then she could lose the weight because she knew she had the mental power to actually lose the weight and he didn't i'm like what the fuck is that like or like they sucked the fat out of him into her it's like jesus christ dude like get a grip on yourself it's okay to not lose weight but you don't pass on to you ah jesus but women have better, but women have slower metabolisms, um, which they do, but yeah, and that's the thing, like, of course they're not gonna pick up your second fucking season of you shitting on Rob every episode, of course the mother's fucking not, what did you think was gonna happen, I didn't get season two picked up, like, does anyone really believe they would've made a hundred million on season two of a web series black china <sighs> but no i and i'll say it's an unpopular opinion i think there's obviously gr- real instances where men get abused men do get abused i'm not saying it doesn't happen but you if you didn't draw the line in the sand leave the relationship Kick them out legally, divorce and do and legally, do, legally, like call the cops, restrain or do everything to separate from a person, and then they come back and they try beating your ass and shit. Like that's one thing, and they hurt you. That's one thing, but when you stay in some over and over years and years of physical and emotional abuse, and you never one time untucked your nuts. Because you're because you're afraid to lose someone that obviously doesn't give a fuck about losing you. Like at some point, I'm not saying you deserve to be abused as a guy, but at the same time, I, as a guy, and even the Kevin Samuels would preach this, and any decent dude would be like, look, you, that's on you at a certain point. At a certain point, when you stay in things that are abusive, mainly as a guy. At some point, that is on you. I don't care about, well, without her, I wouldn't have a place to live. Then you know what? Then don't have a place to live. Because you know what? That's better than having someone take advantage of the fact that they know you don't have a place to live. Which is obviously not your case, Rob. And Johnny Depp. But no, it's love. and that, And that's the thing where this... Dudes like Rob Kardashian rely on this unconditional love aspect. You know, I just loved her. I just, you know, I don't understand why she didn't just love me. It's like, she has a history of not giving a fuck about guys. And look at you. You, Like, by default, someone would have to unconditionally love you. But the problem wasn't that you gained a lot of weight and stuff. It's the fact that you always made excuses for not trying better. Like, you will openly say, like, you're not really trying because you're sad and depressed. It's like, well, that's all cute and stuff when you're just with someone. But then when you have kids, like, I, again, this is the part where it's like, I talked about, I'm not going to talk about being a parent again. I feel like I shouldn't keep talking about what it's like to be a parent because I'm not. Um, 
But at some point, it's like, all right, you know what? At some point, if you decide that it isn't worth it to everyone involved, then you know what? Then that's the choice you just have to live with and make. But don't say you're trying to play the sympathetic card as a guy. No guy cares to hear it. And here's the thing. I felt like a lot of... I think any dude like me and my friend, Big J, and we always talk about this shit. And we're very fortunate to have fathers in our life to to be like, look, no one gives a fuck. Get over it. At the end of the day, the biggest ability you have as a person really is just to move on. And it seems like a lot of these dudes who stay in these abusive relationships that they could easily, if they had any nutsack, fucking leave. You're the one with the family crazy net worth. You're the one with the leverage. Don't get that emotionally. Bitch, you know who the fuck you are. Johnny Depp, know who the fuck you are. It, you know, it, it, it does make me worry. And maybe, and I try to think, and this is the part where I get criticism from people in my life, I'll just say, where they say I lack empathy. It's like, I lack empathy towards people and things. T- typically, I should say people. I like empathy towards people that it's pretty obvious if they really wanted to. They could get themselves out of situations or try harder. And then I can tell when people just want that built-in excuse and rely on sympathy overload for things. And I know that sounds desensitized, but I feel we live in society where people want too much sensitivity towards everything. And certain things deserve your sensitivity and each other's sensitivity and graciousness and understanding. Some things it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I can't make, like, what do you want me to be like, man, it's so wrong what's happening to you when you continuously put yourself in situations where that thing will continuously happen to you because it's shown over and over again that she will point a gun at your fucking head and be like, baby, I'm just kidding. Like, at a certain point, that's on you. I'm sorry. At a certain point, you stay in a relationship for five plus years with Aquaman 2 co-star, whatever the fuck she actually has been in, you stay in that situation, knowing the craziness, the shitting in the bed, the fucking uh, recording you, trying to catch you in a disposition video, like, you know all this shit in real time, but hey, you know, it was. it's just wild, the young love. It's like, it's not young love, dude. You're like 44. She's the only one kind of young. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's not fun, like the group. We are young, and we'll set this relationship with emotional abuse on fire. Um, and talk about throwing shit in a bag. <laughs> uh, oh, Amber. You know, they should have, they should have like a, they should have a Amber Alert for any time someone shits in a bed and someone calls, hey, this bitch just shit in my bed. I'll take, you know what, I'll take an Amber Alert from Doraville, Georgia, and just nonstop beeping the phone. Doraville, Georgia, Cynthia, shit it in Ben's bed. <laughs> that would be funny. That's a real Amber Alert. But, um, yeah, look, I guess how how much, how much of, can men really be victims? Yes. Here's what I'm saying when I say I don't feel, it's, you cannot say as a guy, you have control of yourself, that you have direction, that you have, that you are quote unquote alpha, as a lot of dudes want to quantify themselves. You cannot say you have all these things in your life. And you let a person of any, any person tell you what you can and can't do. Tell you, convince you after 
showing really shitty qualities that are abusive. And you continually stay in that and justify it. But you have control of your life. No, you don't. You obviously don't. I think the biggest ability you got to have is to be able to walk away from things. You got to be able to leave things. And then you get those, then that's when you get those camp of people of you left me when I was at my lowest. It's like, yeah, look, you being at a low point doesn't justify tipping my fridge over and throwing and breaking my fridge with a $3,000 repair that I had a warranty on, but because you fucked it up on purpose and I had to file a report. Then I had to buy a new fridge. Does not justify it. Does not justify when you literally stab my fucking hand. Because you wanted to play Russian roulette. That type of fucking in between the fingers game. Because you wanted to see am I a pussy or not. It's like when it comes to knives being stabbed in between my fingers. I'm big pussy. I do not like that. That's not a game I am willing to play. Alright? If you want to call me a bitch-ass pussy for not wanting to put a fucking steak knife in between my fingers for eight minutes and see if you fuck up, you're right. I don't. I would say no to that and take with whatever comes with it. Whatever perception you have, cool. But But these dudes that are in these emotionally... Abusive relationships. It's crazy to me. And physically abusive. It's crazy to me. You're not dating an MMA fighter. This girl's like 80 pounds less than you. Like, they do a couple of cycling classes a week. So, okay. They got good calves. Fine. They could jump up a little and slap you in the face. What else are they going to do? Like, Jesus, you don't have to be able to fight to just fucking be able to be like, hey, bitch, stay down there. If you're going to put something in your mouth, how about some common dick incense and show your ex Thomas this pain in the ass. Okay, that's a play on words. And you can play on this word, D-I-C-K, L-M-N-O-P. Um, look. And the, all I'm saying is these guys, if they had Kevin Samuels as a therapist or just as someone to talk to, he may have been able to save them a lot of legal problems down the line. Because when people forget about the Johnny Depp situation, this is a trial after the first trial. <laughs> this is like, hey, for all this defamation... Of trying to fuck up my name. And me losing money in roles. This is a course of action. I have to take. Just to recoup money. This isn't just like hey. This wasn't like three months after her punching tabloids. Like this is six months of him having to go through hell and back. To clear his name. Then once he clears his name. Be like hey all that shit that I cleared my name on. I'm coming after you for. It's not just like hey my bad Johnny. Let bygones be bygones. It's just water under the bridge. And as Drake would say, yeah, but what happens when it starts overflowing? Um, and all, all, a lot of this shit could have been prevented. He could be on like Pirates of the Caribbean 9 right now. For all we know. And Rob Kardashian. If you just had any ounce of respect for yourself... And you constantly say you want to get better physically and mentally and all that shit. Cool. But you thought Black China was going to be the one to get you out of that? She doesn't have a history of helping men out of their depressions. No, she causes them. Alright, that's Tyga. Um... I don't know, man. And as a guy, and I think as on as someone who at least respects what Kevin Samuels has tried tried to teach and put into young men and stuff like that, 
and even if you if you look at comments of and people's the impact he had on young men's lives who literally took his lessons took it some guy like there was I remember, I saw a comment earlier it was like man this this shit really shook me because of Kevin Samuel this is the dude's quote literally because of Kevin Samuel's talking about how you can't really building a family is building wealth he's like because of that I literally got married last year because of Kevin Samuels. This dude went the traditional route because he better. The ironic part about what Kevin's people think he's trying to teach untraditional things. He's trying to actually a formidable traditional thing. He's trying to keep traditional things. It's just along the way, things that made traditional things work. People have tried to bring untraditional things and justify bullshit within it. And he tried to actually, like, if you want this traditional shit to work, you got to have traditional shit and legitimate traditional values. And the Rob Kardashians, the Johnny Depp's, all these dudes who are victim of abuse and all this shit could have used the Kevin Samuels type of teachings in their life. I can't believe I just talked about a whole pod. About my Jack Harlow reaction and Kevin Samuels dying, but it, it was shocking. I almost, I honestly, I'm not really surprised. I wouldn't say I'm not surprised by people's deaths. Like the Kobe one was one like holy fuck. Um, this was like one of the more surprising ones, like in terms of celebrity quote unquote or whatever internet personality ones that we've we've had in quite some time. Like, this dude was on, he featured, like, I remember when he first got on the, first it was just, like, an internet thing. Like, me and my friends, like, Kevin Samuels, like, the big, we, we would always have debates and shit over stuff. He, on his show, and dynamics between people, men and women type of thing. What's true, we break it down, have hour-long conversations about shit. Then I remember he got on the Joe Budden podcast, like, oh, this this is bigger than just, like, Whoa, it's like when someone you know gets kind of big. It's like when Jack Harlow gets a Drake feature. Or when he started getting Chris Brown and like Bryson Tiller was kind of... But when he starts getting like the big, big... It's like, oh, this dude is getting approval from the top, dog. Like, this is this like, oh, like a friend you knew who's now in the NBA. But you remember playing pickup with him type of shit. And with Kevin Samuels, you know, you had that personal YouTube relationship and something like we like we knew who he was and we knew he had a, at the time 400, 500,000 subscribers type of thing. So it was a pretty big deal. But then when he started getting on big podcasts, his subscribers grew, their subscribers grew, all this shit. And all of a sudden, it was like. Oh, this is bigger than just internet. This is bigger than just, you know, the small manosphere thing. And mediocre tutorial reviews, I believe he did this video reaction to the death. I saw like a few minutes of it. It was hard to watch just because it's hard watching men cry. But when something in his field, like they look at Kevin Samuels as like the Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan of that podcast and Although slightly different in terms of how it's, you know. But everyone in the comedy field looks at Joe Rogan as like top dog from financial success and every aspect of the person he is. And Kevin Samuels was really that impactful in the manosphere. He was like, he wasn't technically the first. Joe Rogan technically wasn't the first podcaster. But he was the first wave where he stuck out and has been the most consistent, has the biggest audience. And Kevin Samuel's kind of like that with the Manosphere. Is that he established the best platform. He established the most people that come listen and watch him. And now, he's gone. Um, yeah. Um... Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. And uh, that is episode 143 of the Off and Beat Podcast. 
Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. That was a really serious pod. Really serious. No jokes. Honestly, it was probably one of the least funniest podcasts. But you know, when someone dies, you know what? All jokes aside. Um, Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. But most importantly, guys and ladies, suck some titties. And uh, enjoy this pod whenever it comes out. Probably be Monday or something. Which, by the way, I think Mother's Day is next week. So, uh, happy Mother's Days to the ladies out there. That is a reference to an old song between me and my friend. Inside joke. Only if my friend actually watched this. I promise guests are coming soon. It's a pain in the ass. Alright guys, have a great day. Fucking guest. Be my guest. Just be my guest.